Hello and welcome to the Buyer to Badass podcast with me, your host, Abby. After over 10 years in the corporate world, buying for four global retailers that have taken me from London to Dublin to Dubai, I've taken the plunge and quit. Join me for the ride as I go freelance. I talk marketing mindset and myself and chat to other buyers who have taken the leap too as I build my business like the badass entrepreneur I know I can be and show you how you can do it too. Hello and welcome to episode two of the Buyer to Badass podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me here today. It is Friday afternoon in Dubai, which I'm very happy about. And today, so this is the most asked question I get all the time, and it's what can I do as a buyer? Honestly, since I announced, or I launched Base Brands in November 2022 um, on Instagram, um, and then I went full fully fully with it earlier this year um, and ever since I kind of announced that that was what I was doing the amount of questions I've had from other buyers designers merchandisers in the retail industry how have you done it how have you left buying and been able to start a whole new career so I am on a mission to show you whether or not you are a buyer designer or merchandiser that we have so many transferable skills and there are so many jobs that we can do from retail head office. So I want to start by saying why do I feel so passionately about this and buying is not the career it used to be. Now I remember going on buying trips so I've been in buying now for nearly 11 years and even when I first started going on buying trips about eight years ago I remember my boss and the suppliers at the time saying that buying trips used to involve yachts, they used to involve a different five-star dinner every night, Uh, and that just doesn't happen anymore, you know, and buying is hard work, and it's always been hard work, Uh, we all know that for sure, but there were the perks of the job, definitely, Um, Whereas now, even if we look at the high street, there's redundancies after redundancy. I think from what I've heard, there's a lack of creative control and creative direction and buyers aren't loving the career. Whereas like in the words of Miranda Priestley, a thousand girls were killed for this job. That's what it used to be. And it really isn't anymore, unfortunately. So this is where our transferable skills can come in and there's so many other things we can do so before I get into what these top 10 are the number one thing that you really need to think about is what is your end goal not even what your end goal is but what excites you in life what do you really want to achieve from this career change so mine definitely was that I wanted freedom and flexibility over my time and location now I think you hear me say that almost every podcast because I literally manifested this I wrote it down about 10 times a week that this is what I wanted and at the time when I first started writing this on my goals list it just seemed impossible I really didn't know how I was going to get there I started off by looking for other buying jobs other category management jobs whether or not I could get a hybrid working model or a flexible working model and very little companies actually do that now and if they do it's kind of one or two days a week at home and even then do you feel a bit guilty working from home because everyone else is in the office so you end up working in the office so it's not really hybrid anyway and again it's the flexibility to be able to go and work abroad for a month go somewhere for two weeks and again be able to work from there go and stay at your parents house somewhere in the UK for two weeks and work from there none of these jobs had that flexibility 
flexibility. So that for me was a really big thing. I think especially post-COVID, I just thought to myself, it it made no sense to me that we had to be at a desk for 10 hours a day. I just didn't understand it. I didn't understand why I couldn't work from anywhere. So that kind of started started it for me. Um, And I remember getting my nails done on a Monday evening once. And my nail lady said to me, you know, between 10 and 2 on a Monday, we do 25% discount. And I thought, well, there's no chance I'm ever going to be able to come to that because I have work. And my gym did a really cool class at 10 a.m. every Monday. Um, Mondays at 10 a.m. must be a very quiet time. But again, I thought I'm never going to be able to come to that. And it made no sense to me either that I couldn't flex my hours so that every Monday I could go to a 10 a.m. class. But it's just not the done thing. Look, and I'm and I'm completely over it. Like I've I've left it. I've sorted it out myself. But there are for sure, maybe I didn't look hard enough, but there are definitely companies and maybe those companies aren't in Dubai either. Dubai is quite anti-remote working. They're quite behind. Um, They're not very modern, contemporary, um, as maybe some of the bigger cities, bigger retailers would be. So maybe there are definitely some companies that allow you that flexibility. Anywho, my whole point is that it's taken me about three minutes to make is do what makes you happy. What is the reason for you that you're doing this? Because once you've worked out that that reason and your why, that's when you'll be able to work out what you want to do as well. Because some of what I'm about to say to you, it does require training, it requires you putting time aside. And if your why isn't strong enough, you're not going to want to do that when you're hungover on a Sunday morning, or maybe you don't even go out on the Saturday night because you can't be hungover the next day because you've got to work on your side hustle and your business. That's when your why becomes really, really important. So really think about what the goal is and where you want to get to. So are we ready? Let's jump into them. Here are 10 jobs that you can do from buying remotely. So the first one is then supplier consulting. So we definitely all have that friend who used to be in buying and now works for a supplier. Or we all know someone that we used to work with that now works for a supplier. And it's so bizarre because I used to actually kind of look down on buyers who went to suppliers. I thought it was because they couldn't hack buying anymore um, and they wanted an easier job going to suppliers. Now, 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 my friends, it is definitely not easier sat on the other side in some ways when you're working for a supplier because you are not the customer anymore. You um, have to reply to your buyers within kind of 24 hours. You want the business. So it's a slightly different um, side side of the coin. However, at the same time, you don't necessarily have the trading mentality and the trading pressure. So depending on the company that you're in, it can be slightly easier that way as well. So supplier consulting is a really nice bridge of the gap from buying to potentially another career. So at the moment, for example, I'm working three days a week with a lovely supplier uh, based in China and I'm doing three days consulting for them a week Um, and again it completely depends what you decide with the supplier Um, you might decide to do some sales and actually some account management and manage accounts it would be great if you could get on the account of your current retailer because you know so much about that retailer you can be a real asset to that supplier Um, You might do trend forecasting for them, comp shops. So there's so many things you can do for a supplier and you really are an asset. So if a supplier can get a buyer on board, they will expect a lot because you've got all of the knowledge. But again, remember, you do have that knowledge. You know exactly what to do. So supplier consulting is a great one then. You can either take on 
a full-time role with a supplier um, and most likely that role will be remote because the supplier manufactures somewhere else or you could potentially take on a part-time role with a supplier um, and just take a salary that's enough for you to kind of get by and then do something else on the side or you could take on a couple of different suppliers now the one thing just to watch out is make sure that those suppliers are not in the same product industry because it can get really tricky then with buyers and retailers and kind of conflict of interest so for example if you had one supplier who was an apparel supplier and then you had another one who was a beauty supplier the retailers and the buyers that you're going to are likely to be completely different so there's no conflict of interest but again be upfront with your supplier and make sure you draw up your own freelance contract and get that signed so in terms of payments then so again it's completely up to you and your supplier but most of them will agree to a monthly salary or a retainer, however you want to call it, it's the same thing, or commission. So it's completely up to you to decide that that pricing model. So how to get into a supplier then? So again, this one can be slightly tricky when you are employed by a retailer. So I would advise never to put anything in writing, um, always to talk to them face to face or over the phone but really think about what suppliers you would like to work with not ones that you just get on with because they take you on a good night out once a year not at all think of ones that you actually think that you can add something to their business and that you would respect and enjoy to work with and then like I said just approach them on the down low and keep everything not written down essentially okay then number two is copywriting so we don't realize or i didn't realize anyway when i was a buyer that we do copywriting almost on a daily basis even when i was a buying assistant in paper chase when i was 21 years old i was writing the product descriptions for the website now i'm really hoping that they've got someone else to do that for them now because e-commerce is such a big driver of sales that i really don't think you should let someone with no experience do it but that's what i was doing at the time and even even throughout my buying career whenever I've worked for a company that has a website I would always do the descriptions again when it came to strategies marketing all of this you're given briefs for photo shoots so there's so much copywriting that we do on our day-to-day job um, as buyers and don't even realize so think of all of those small brands or all of those Amazon sellers that are constantly writing copy and need someone to do their product descriptions for them now caveat chat gpt that came out two weeks ago from me recording this if you have not heard of chat gpt you need to go and check it out now um but ai essentially could make copywriting redundant so let's see watch this space um But again, there's so much more you can do with copywriting, such as blog posts. Again, if you love skincare, if you love homeware, or if you're really into fashion, why don't you start start your own blog, start writing, then send them to magazines, then put a profile on Fiverr and Upwork and start doing copywriting for people. So I do think there's lots of opportunity now in copywriting. Job number three is then designing. So all of the professional designers out there do not hate me for saying this. 
But guys, Canva, again, has changed the ball game. So as a buyer, if you've got a creative flair, you can definitely do some designing. So there's so much that can be done on software that you already have on your computer or is available online, such as Canva. You can design content, you can do content creation, you can do social media with that. Um, You can design marketing and advertisements. You can even design CADs on it. And then you also might want to start doing some trend forecasting and some product designing because again you've got all of the all of the knowledge here and there's nothing to say that you can't whip up a trend forecast yourself and sell it to various different suppliers so create a trend forecast message your suppliers on linkedin put it up on fiverr so i've mentioned fiverr and upwork twice now for anyone that doesn't know they are two big freelancing websites so go and check them out they're both free to use but if you get a job on there they do take 20 percent commission so fiverr you create yourself a gig is what they call it so you would put your trend forecast on there for example and people buy it from you whereas upwork works the other way around and upwork people post jobs and you can apply for them as a freelancer so honestly they're both fantastic if you spend some time on your profile that really will kickstart your freelance career and you could totally side hustle that So there's definitely a lot to do in designing. And again, think of what your niche could be. For example, if you've always been in the homeware industry and you've bought lighting, for example, lighting is almost an industrial product. It needs some real design with it. And trends are quite difficult when it comes to lighting and the suppliers are very specialist. So could you decide to send sell trend forecasts for lighting to lighting suppliers based in China, for example? Okay then, and number four is marketing. So marketing covers digital marketing strategy and social media marketing. But again, like I don't think we realize as a buyer how much marketing we do on a daily basis. Even when you go into a strategy meeting, that is that is marketing you can take your product strategy and create that as a marketing strategy even when you sign off to sell the product to your director your boss you're marketing your product already so there's so much you can do with marketing and again a lot of small brands would absolutely take your advice because you've you've been doing this for the big brands you know what works so all of this is about digging really deep and taking note of what you do on a daily basis and how other people would benefit social media marketing then that's a massive one at the moment if you have an instagram account if you're good on tiktok you don't even need to be good you can learn it that is something that you can get into straight away Again, you can create yourself a portfolio, start approaching clients. But digital marketing and social media marketing are really, really accessible at the moment. All you need to do is get your first client, get a couple on a retainer, start selling your work and you'll be you'll be rocking and rolling with marketing. Number five then is brand strategy. So this is mainly what my company does. And like I said, it's similar to marketing, but it incorporates the full 360 strategy from product concept all the way to a successful product launch and then how to grow your business. And again, guys, we've been doing this for all of our products that we're launching. We take it from an idea we develop it with the supplier we work on the price and we look at what competition there is and what price we need to be based on that we look at the packaging we look at what customer might buy it and then we launch it and we work with the social media team the marketing team to launch it properly so brand strategy i find personally the most interesting and really a buyer is a brand strategist at the same time so that's a really really key one for buyers 
Number six then is start your own brand. Now this one almost seems obvious. And again, you could totally side hustle this one, but guys, we have all of the factory base. We know exactly how to source a product and we know exactly what are best selling products. With the rise of social media and sites such as Etsy, it's so accessible now to be able to launch your own brand. So honestly, this one, if you've got a passion about a product that you absolutely love, if you love silk scarves, for example, why aren't you launching your own range of silk scarves? If you've identified a gap in the market, that there's a cosmetic product that you can never get your color of or your your or your shade of and so you want to launch it absolutely do it guys what have you got to lose and now then from number seven onwards we start going a bit off piste with this but this is where it gets quite interesting so number seven then is coaching so this could incorporate life coaching or fitness coaching or any type of coaching really but online coaching really is massive now i think again covid has really changed the environment and has yeah coaching is coaching's massive and if you really want to help people and make a difference to other people's lives coaching is such a fulfilling role to have um and again if you've got a passion for fitness or even if you've gone through something in your life that is different uh for example maybe you've been sick and had a specific illness and now you want to coach people through that or maybe you want to be a relationship coach and you've had a few really bad breakups and you think you can help people with that or you want to be a career coach you could literally help buyers get to get further in their buying career or you could help buyers go from merchandising to buying or you could just help fab women in business grow their careers there's so many options within coaching so coaching is a really really interesting one and I know a couple of buyers actually that have gone from either buying to life coaching or buying to fitness online coaches so that's that's a good one to try Number eight then, so this one scares me slightly, but this is just me, is software development. So I feel like, I feel like my mum in terms of, I always say, no, software, technology, I'm a technophobe. And again, I feel like technology is moving on so fast now. And this is where we see the youngsters just doing it so easily. The youngsters, God, I really do sound like my mother, but there's so much that can be done. For example, building a website now on Shopify, on Wix, on all of these different platforms really isn't that difficult and if you become an expert on that then why can't you sell your services why don't you spend one hour a day really learning etsy or learning shopify and then before you know it you become a you become an expert within that platform and you can help other people launch their businesses launch their website this brings us quite nicely actually onto point number nine which is sell digital products so again this one seems like this one's come out of the blue but it's really trending at the moment so if you go onto etsy and type in digital planner you will see a huge amount of digital planners being sold on etsy now, just to clarify, a digital planner is a PDF. That's all it is. And the customer buys it. They download the PDF onto their laptop or their iPad. They can then either overtype it on there or they can print it out and have it as an actual planner. So this baffles me that people are literally selling templates essentially but if you look at them there are people that have made over a million dollars sending selling these digital products it's absolutely crazy and have a real look through etsy in terms of what digital products people are selling people are selling starter packs to become an online personal trainer people are selling chakra cards 
There's so many different things that you can sell. So again, have a look through, get your imagination flowing and really think of what digital products you could sell. For example, if you are a merchandiser, why can't you sell a buy plan? Why can't you sell a buy plan template? There's so many new brands just starting now and they don't know what a buy plan is. They have no idea how to work out a margin and how to forecast what quantity they should buy and what they need to sell. So something that's so easy for you, for other people really isn't. If you're a designer, for example, could you sell some tech packs uh, for your clothes or something like that if you're in cosmetics could you sell some formulations I don't know that might be illegal but (laughs) there's my point is there's quite a lot that you can sell online these days so really have a look through and my point number 10 now this one again is a slight odd one but some people may like it is tutoring and teaching or lecturing. So I went to University of Southampton and I actually studied history. Uh, I love Henry VIII and all of my friends that know this will be laughing right now, but he's very misunderstood. So I never actually had any buying or merchandising experience before I started as a buying assistant at Paper Chase, so I didn't study it at uni. But I know that many, many different universities do do lectures um, and they do a course, don't they? the fashion retail academy so could you again approach a local university that runs a buying and merchandising degree uh, for you to lecture there and that could just be a really nice one to either do on the side or just to do part-time so there you have it you can do supplier sourcing for three days a week and lecturing for two days a week and before you know it you've got a full-time job that's making your exact salary as you did as a buyer but you've got so much flexibility and even with tutoring and teaching like guys we've all done our GCSEs we've all done our A-levels can you start can you pick a subject that you really loved um, and start tutoring or teaching that for example so I know I said this was 10 jobs you can do from buying but I'm actually going to give you a bonus 11 and my job number 11 is do whatever the hell you like whatever the hell you are passionate about now have a think back do you even remember why you went into buying but passions change people change circumstances change so for example if you love beauty for example have a look at doing nails at home eyelashes at home start your own beauty business it doesn't matter these days that you didn't go to college to study beauty when you were 16 or that you're 10 years into a buying career so you don't want to leave buying and try something else if you love spray tans and there's no one that does spray tans in your local area why aren't you setting up your own spray tan business and do it from your kitchen if you love dogs do dog walking and again all of these things can be done on the side if you just want to give them a go and try something different do dog walking on a Saturday morning or on an evening or if you're working from home why don't you find a neighbor that's in the office and you go and walk their dog at lunchtime if you decide to go down the beauty route you can again do that in the evenings do it on the side see if you like it but really guys there are no rules with this anymore and don't think just because you're two years five years ten years into a buying career that you have to stick with it because trust me you don't we are likely to work for the next 40 years so make sure you're doing something you love And I really hope this episode has shown you that there are so many opportunities out there. Thank you so much for listening to episode two. We are two episodes in and many more to come. Give me a rating and review. I would love that so, so much. It helps so much to get this podcast out there for other people to see. And I will see you guys next week for the next episode. Bye.